we're backstage talking about Plex, and we have this show here on the Changelog, and, and we we don't really Use we've it. done like one. We've done like one. Well, this so is we have two. okay. So we got two. Yes. We have bigger plans for it, and maybe conversations like this resonate with you. And if if it does, you know, go into the app and favorite it. Go on Twitter and tweet about it, whatever, or hop in Slack and say what's up, or. Uh, tweeted us and just say, hey, I really like that. It's cool. Do more. But I kind of got into Plex recently. And if you're not familiar with Plex, it is their tagline is stream smarter. But basically, Plex has been around for years. And I've known it as streaming your own personal media. So ripping Blu-rays, ripping DVDs, uh, movies, things like that. Well, now it's kind of grown into this new mix where it's like, video news and they have uh, recorded shows you can do off of live air so it's kind of it's kind of morphed over the years more importantly it's gotten better you know so back in the day i used to have to use a mac mini and this is before apple tv was like ubiquitous and worked well and uh you know it's just kind of interesting how things have, have played out that i used to rip my my dvds with I think it was, you know, iDVD rip or something like that, DVD rip something or other. And even for a while, there was sort of frowned upon that it was like, was it legal? Was it not legal? All these different things. Well, hey, if you own it, like if I borrow Jared's disc and rip it, that's illegal. But if I own my own media, I should be able to rip that from the, you know, the original medium, the the disc, and have some sort of digital copy. And now they, they've obviously evolve their ways to offer digital copies and that's one argument we'll talk about here but we want to talk about this software called plex media server and uh, what it has to offer why you'd use it why now and more importantly why not Mm. um so what got me on this kick was like you know i've got all these blu-rays like you buy those just like all the time or what's your What's your purchasing habits? Because I was a DVD collector, but I don't have it. I, I own zero Blu-rays. Right. So yeah. it's definitely ebbed and flowed. And I think what what's become evident, actually, is if I sorted Implex so far by year, like I've got a couple that have been released in 2018, 2017, a few in 2016, but most of them are like, you know, scattered throughout the years. And they're more like my headliners, things I would definitely watch one or many times or in the case of like if i went to the movie to watch it like i've always had some version of home theater in my house like some sort of nice speakers yeah it may not have always been 7.1 or 5.1 or whatever but it's always been some sort of nice experience where i've had a sub nice speakers and good enough where i didn't feel like i had to go to the movies to get a good experience mm-hmm. and so i've always just like eventually bought my favorites to rewatch again or not see them in the theater because, hey, I'll just buy the Blu-ray. Or watch them in the theater and love it so much I have to buy the Blu-ray as well because I'm going to watch it two, three, four, fifty more times. Like, the weirdness here is that I've probably watched The Martian at least 75 times. <laughs> that, wow. That is weird. And, and it's not like I'm actually watching it. So as you know, we ship a newsletter. And while you're well, – the older ways we used to do it prior to this year having a news feed – I would spend a Friday night or a Saturday night, you know, hacking on a newsletter. And The Martian tended to be my timer, so to speak. So I would just play The Martian in the background 
And if I wasn't done with the newsletter in that hour and a half, then I was wrong, basically. So I it was, was like, <laughs> do, you yeah. have a, do you have a man crush on Matt Damon or what's what's in a Martian specifically that uh, makes that? One I'm a sci-fi guy. I listen to the I listen to the book on Audible. The Audible book is so much better than the movie, but the movie is definitely a good meal replacement for the actual nine plus hour long book. Did you say a meal and, replacement? Yeah, just for fun, why not? <laughs> the the score of that film is spectacular as well. Very good. Yeah. It's aside from the ending, and I'm not gonna spoil it because we're not a spoiler kind of show here. He gets off Mars, okay? Oh <laughs> right after that? right after he said, I'm not gonna spoil it. That was speaking of wrong, that was wrong right there. <laughs> Okay, rewind, don't listen, that was a lie. We were going to take this straight to tape, but now you just put an editing job into this, man. <laughs> well, you know, Tim can bleep it. He can, he can be the final say in, in the edit booth. <laughs> so you got you got this movie, The Marsh, and I've seen it a ton of times. And I've seen it a ton more times because I own it on Blu-ray. But at the time, I was okay with literally getting up, because we're all lazy, right, to some degree, mm-hmm. getting up, putting the media into the Blu-ray player, Spinning it up, dealing with all the necessary trailers and all that crap. So, like, the experience of playing a disc was just terrible, right? But once you, if you have a collection of that many, like that, the the spin up of the disc, the waiting, the trailers, all that stuff is just enough to make you be like, screw it. And that's where Netflix comes in. Let me ask you this because I've, I don't have Blu-ray experience, so I'm very much flaunting my ignorance here. So help me out because with DVDs, they had all those required, like unskippable portions. Like you have yes. to watch the menu. You have to watch the six. Right. It's the same. It's the so same. That's a terrible experience. Yeah. Terrible. Like forget terrible. lazy. That's just like, why do I want to waste 12 minutes watching this thing? Especially because you're a repeat watcher. It's bad enough on a brand new movie, but if you're watching the same show over and over again. That's a terrible experience. So, well, well then that's that's uh, I got a list here of what we can go down eventually, but you're, you're speaking to one of them, which is just like you know you can avoid all this extra crap they force down your throats, and if you have a connected Blu-ray player, well now you're getting dynamic trailers, so it's almost like ads, right? Oh, so if the, if the Blu-ray right. is several years old, well now they're gonna fetch out to the internet and get you some current trailers. It's that's just, not. That's actually not so bad because at least you're not watching the same trailer over and over again. But they're watching you. <laughs> they're watching you. <laughs> they're watching you. So you must you be see, watching and, you. And for me, the, the trailers aren't the bad part of that experience because I, I personally love to watch trailers. But it's like it's the it's the um you know that screen being, that being says forced. No no no. It, it's also oh. the screen that says the like FBI one. Exactly, the FBI one, and they oh gosh, play it yeah. for like eight to ten seconds. It's just so long, and it's ridiculous. They've actually extended the the, the length of that timing because of uh, how this is slightly political, but how the uh, education system—I don't know if it's that's the right word even—but the so average reading time we of Americans so, has changed. We don't read so good. We wow. so good. So they have elongated <laughs> it by like 0.5 seconds or something. Wow. Well. We need to open a school for kids who want to learn how to read good. <laughs> and how and how to do other things good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's terrible. So, okay, that I get. That I totally get. In terms of like, I'm going to rip these because I can't put up with all of this cruft. It's like user, it's like consumer hostile 
activity going on. It's like, I just spent, what do you spend on Blu-ray? 30 bucks, 20 bucks? Uh, some of them, yeah. Yeah. Depends. Uh, like a good 4K Blu-ray that has the 4K disc, the 1080p Blu-ray, and potentially a separate featurette or bonus disc plus a digital copy. Um, which is a common package these days is is averaging probably between twenty and thirty dollars. Yeah, so you spend you know thirty bucks and then you got to put up with that junk. I'd say it's more twenty ish than thirty ish, but yeah. Now, Adam, are you you're keeping these Blu-rays after you're ripping them though, right? Of course, yeah. I mean, this isn't so. This isn't like a hey, buy it, rip it, throw it away, or sell it. I mean. Maybe you could, so that could be part of your strategy. Eventually, you might. Mm-hmm. That's the choice you'll make, you know. But ultimately, what you're really trying to do, which is point number one for me, which is just, you're just trying to back up your media. All right. You see, to so, me, th- this is the flaw in in this strategy to a certain degree. Is the reason why I don't like Blu-rays as well is the fact that you have to store them. There's something else that you have to find somewhere to put them. Well, they look nice on your shelf or something. I don't know. Do you do you uh, have like a display case, Adam, or you stick them underneath your pillow at night? Or I used to. Uh, not 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 under the pillow. <laughs> but oh, I used you to really like Blu-ray. Case. I mean, I used to. I mean, I think everybody kind of has treated their favorite movies like you would books, right? Mm. So the same, you may be proud of your book collection. You may be, yeah. You know, if you're an audiophile or music person or a movie person, then these things become sort of sort of simpatico with your identity to some degree. Like it's sure. so like if I go look at your your collection versus mine, I could probably discern some things about you. How awesome I am at movies. Mm. Well or or or, or, <laughs> well. Not. or not. I'm looking at my old DVD collection because it's 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 getting dust all over it over there in the bookcase. See? There and, you go. Uh, you're getting back on track here. Back on right. track. So the so let's let's summarize here it the experience of dvds and or blu-rays which is really just a one-to-one it's not it's just all the differences is just resolution right yeah, the experience right. of the media and putting it in or taking it out i used to have this idea of a you know a hundred disc player those are not the case anymore i don't know why but they just they're just not they would break down too often. Like you would have like a hard moving part disc carousel for CDs. That's just not common these days. I don't think those old jukeboxes that used to actually shuffle in and out things, right? Right. So the experience of putting in and managing and storing and collecting and displaying this media, in my opinion, has just lost its lackluster because of the ubiquity of services like Netflix or streaming services. And those are all great too. Totally fine with that. There's just some things that you eventually want to own. And think about this. Your favorite movies on Netflix today, right? You know, whatever. So they got a huge collection, and they're adding stuff all the time. Well, those things eventually expire. So as they have wars between Disney and Netflix, right? Disney Disney movies aren't going to be on Netflix forever. Right. Yeah. And so you can't rely on them either, right? But if you own it, you can always rely on having the, the disc, but now you get the experience. So one layer removed from that is back it up to uh, a known format called MKV. You can, on a Mac, you can do that. On Windows, you can do that via this application called Make MKV. It's free. Um, I think portions of it might even be open source, um, which is kind of interesting. So now you have this backed up full resolution version 
right? It's exactly the exact movie. What happens is you pop your disc into a player, which we'll get into later because there's some there's some uh, uh, a player we'll talk about that later. There's some different players you can you can do, especially from a Mac. Macs don't have Blu-ray support out the box. It's a bag of hurt, isn't that what Steve Jobs called it? Blu-ray uh, is a bag of hurt, I think, or a bag of trouble. <laughs> what do you call it? It was a bag it's of just, something. I'll get the quote. I don't think it was going. necessary. I'm glad they've gotten rid of the slots. And in, in, I mean, they've made the machines faster. And really, you only need this slotted player if you use media. And, and in today's world, we don't need media. Yeah, bag so, of hurt, you know, called it. That brings me to my next question. So like a 4K, a rip of a 4K uh, movie, like a two-hour movie in MKB format, how big is that file size? I'm glad you asked that question. So 4K is not an option right now. I oh. think there's something with the codec they haven't cracked yet. Oh. But you can pull uh. Uh, 1080p Blu-rays. So 4K, I think, is a newer format. I think they may have some issues with that. So right now, 4K rips are not, at least for my guitar, I could be wrong. I'm still new at this. So this take all this with a grain of salt to some degree because I'm still learning. I'm not a master by any means. But I've reached enough mastery where I feel like I can share my my uh, my sheer joy and happiness. Your enthusiasm, that, yeah. Yeah, y- you all are going to go this way. You're going to like it. <laughs> By you, are, like you it, so. are you referring to Tim and I? Because I'm you uh, all as in you all proverbially you and Tim. Okay. The rest of the world listening to this, uh, you're going to like a lot of it. There, like anything though, there is trade offs. So we'll take one of those uh, or several of those uh, later on. But let's get. Let's get through some of the pros. Okay. Okay. So one, backing up your your uh, your 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 media, whether it's a DVD or a 1080p Blu-ray. Um, if you're going to store, so my there's strategies. So my strategy is a full resolution MKV rip, which tends to be between 20, and I get this, 20 to 30 gigs. Ooh wee! Hot damn! <laughs> that's a lot of storage. <laughs> so that's a con. We'll get to that later. Well, that's the same thing that's on the disc, except for you now. You now you gotta, you know, pick up a box of a hundred Blu-rays. It's, it weighs a lot. <laughs> it weighs a heck of a lot less on a hard drive. All right. Well, we'll get to um, storage later. I think. Right. Well, I think storage is a big part of it because you definitely have to have storage if you're going this route. Now, I have chosen to go that route because my strategy is one part backup, but not full replacement. So there because are times you can do 4K. Right. Well, there's just times I'm going to want to reach for the actual Blu-ray because I I still feel like, um, I don't know, I haven't done the test back and forth. I still feel like the disc can still give you some options. So if I have friends over and we're going to purposely watch a movie, then I'll probably reach for the Blu-ray. Because I know we've we've selected a movie, but if it's about browsing and accessibility, like think about the box of, of DVDs and Blu-rays you have. How often do you reach for them? Probably not very often because Never. they're stuck in a box. The experience is bad. All the things we talked about. However, if you could just on your Apple TV or on your phone or even your web browser, navigate somewhere or open an app and select from your player and literally in seconds be playing your favorite flick. Well, then there's trade-offs. You can deal with um, anything that may change from the original source. And there's always something that's a little different. But from what I can tell, not much. So much, not much that it's not even worth talking about. 
Mm-hmm. Now, there are certain cases where, like I did a demo for you guys. You guys can laugh at me here. Interstellar did have some issues where it just is a really high-resolution movie. It could be the media. It could be the transcoding process from disk to file format that somehow it, that file is just harder to read unless you, in Plex, use a different version or uh, not go at original quality. And so they, these things, even when you have a Blu-ray in your player, it's streaming to the transcoder in the player at a megabits per second kind of format. So full resolution is like 20, 30 megabits per second. That's original, unchanged, uncompressed. Now you start compressing it, that gets faster. So compression can go to like, let's say 15, 10, 9, 8, whatever megabits per second. So obviously if you compress it, it gets easier to transcode faster. It's less bandwidth across your player, less bandwidth across your HDMI cable, across your network, whatever. So... So why would we laugh to, to me, this is a con, but but I guess we'll get there eventually. Let's trade off. <laughs> we'll get there. So let's call, <laughs> let's call those. Bringing up con. Like, we'll get there, but this is bad. It's a con. It's a con worth worth mentioning, but I would actually categorize it as a trade off. Mm, well, okay. why did, why would we laugh at you though? Because you said you might laugh at me, but you didn't tell anybody why we might do that. Oh, because because my demo kept having glitches and issues. Uh, yeah, I kept I kept buffering. But it was only that it one buffered. which I've. Yeah, yeah. It buffered, which which I've actually identified, and I've actually ended up re-ripping it from a whole brand new disc because I just happened to buy the 4K version, um, which gave me a brand new Blu-ray to rip from, and that Blu-ray must have had something different with it because the new version doesn't have any buffering. Mm. So, so you that's ta- part of the trade-offs. Right, so you, you taped this video of you uh, explaining your setup. Right. And right. in the video for Tim and I to watch. Right. Yeah, I pulled up my iPhone, and on my Mac here, I opened up Plex.tv, and I launched my player. I browsed my, you know, library. I started playing Interstellar, and I'm talking over narrating to you guys, kind of giving you a preview of what this looks like. Right. And by the way, we haven't even talked about the interface. Like, the interface is amazing. We'll get into that. And that's what I was trying to show off. This experience is like your own Netflix Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. your own media. It's your own Netflix and you can control it basically. And the interface is super slick. It's open source too, by the way, which we'll talk about a little later as well. But, you know, I played this thing in this demo and it kept buffering. So that means the, the wheel would spin in the middle and that would mean the track would actually. And he's pause. trying to explain how awesome it is. And it's like, starts to buffer. He's like, I'm this, like, pay no attention to this. Happened. Pay no attention to these issues. This never happens. And it happens again. And then it happens again. I'm like, well, Clearly, this has got an issue. I was, so I was watching I, I that. Down. I watched that video in the buffer, or not in the buffer, excuse me, in the Dropbox web UI, because you just Dropbox it to us. Mm-hmm. And actually, Dropbox was buffering your video as well. So <laughs> Dropbox was buffering, and then your video was buffering Interstellar. I just, had to, clo- I just had to close the tab eventually. You know, it's only so much I can put up with. But uh, <laughs> I, that yeah. one wasn't your fault. That's Dropbox's fault, or my internet. I don't know. It could be both. All the above. That's a problem. There's, um, lots of, there's lots of places where that can fail. The network, the, the I.O., like you said. Right. The, Absolutely. So, CPU. Continue. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just, um, where am I really at? What am I trying to explain? What was the, what was the core the question here? Well, the you're pros. going through the pros. 
Yeah. Well, let me get on my list here then, because I'll uh, I'll go down this list. I actually have a one through nine list. I can probably go on further. I just put down what I thought was pretty cool. So first up is back up your Blu-ray or your DVD to the MKV full format in full resolution, assuming that's your strategy, which is mine. And I'm just cool with that. Uh, so I'm, I'm pulling down 10, 15, 20, sometimes 30 gigabyte files from my media, and I'm storing it. Uh, Plex could be... It basically is a real-time transcode of this full-resolution file format, which you could pretty much format for any new machine or whatever, and it does this all in real-time or in the background. So typically, I'll pause here and say typically you would rip it, and then if you wanted to, if you knew that you your strategy was not store the full version of it and you know that you always watch it on iOS, for example, well, then you can open up Handbrake, and feed the MKV format and then transcode it to a, a newer, lesser version of it, which defeats the whole purpose, in my opinion. Well, you don't have to do that because Plex does all that for you. So you can easily manage and play different versions. So let's say Interstellar has some issues on your device, your Apple TV. Well, you can tell it to create a separate version from the original that doesn't have any issues that... The resolution barely changes if you even pay attention. Like if you watch a movie on Netflix, you are not getting full resolution Blu-ray 1080p quality at all. So if you watch Netflix and you're cool with it, you're cool with this too because they're playing you a version as well. They've already done that for you. Right. Uh, Speaking of Netflix, it's like Netflix. It's like Netflix for you, but uh, you don't have to pay monthly for it. The items don't expire. Uh, The cost for a lifetime pass of Plex is like 100 bucks. So you're going to have, you've paid them once forever and it never expires. So it's, that's cool. Whole different thing. Look it up if you want to, but I think it's totally worth it. Uh, this is your media. You right? don't have to like pay you own these to do these things though. That's like, a, that's like additional content or additional things that right. we're talking it's about. Like, you know, additional features in, in inside of Plex. Okay. So all that's optional. You don't have to do that to get totally this core optional. stuff that you're talking about here. Right. Okay. Um, it's your media. You own it. Um, so if you're a person of ethics, then you're not breaking a law. You know, you're not torrenting these things and sharing these things. Like that's the part I think you would get hounded by. You know, any necessary parties. But it's your media. You own it. You can rip it. You can do what you want with it. You know, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, you can organize it to your to your heart's content. Most of your discs have extras, shorts, trailers, behind the scenes. You can rip those things off too. And organize those, and they show up in Plex. Really cool. So you don't have to have the media anymore. You can literally just ditch the media for the movie, the trailers, the behind-the-scenes, the featurettes. Like, if you really want to go that far, you can. That's cool. The uh, the UI is amazing. I love the UI. It's 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 uh, easy to use. It's fun to use. It's got animations in it. It's just really snazzy and fast. I've never really been let down with the UI. It's, it's amazing. Um. Here's a cool one. Uh, if you want to, you can play and access your Plex media from outside your home network. So, like, if you're on the road at a hotel, you can open up your Samplex app on your iPhone or on your Mac or anything else that supports it. Like, there's so many things that support Plex. Uh, I mean, everything. All any any of these app players, uh, uh, Amazon Fire. 
Google whatever. Like they all support Plex. Does it handle all the NAT traversal, or do you have to poke a hole in your in your network to have like a public IP or anything like that? Great question. You do have to have a port forward, um, and that's fairly easy. So if you're comfortable with, you know, doing any firewall stuff, the the other one though is you can actually use was it uh, up. NP, I believe it is. You, uh, well, universal actually, plug and play? Yeah. UPMP. So if you're cool with that, which, you know, it has its trade-offs as well, then, you know, the media server can actually do that for you and do the firewall stuff. But if you're like a super nerd and you want to actually poke a hole, you can, you know, you can do the whole public, uh, you know, on your IP address, you can... It, this is really easy, though. Like which if one you, did you If do? you have a firewall, I, I went the firewall way. Right, you're a super nerd then. I'm a super nerd. I just, <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, I port forwarded to the port on, and I have my my server on a static IP locally, and uh, and so I port forwarded to that, and I can just literally open up my de- my iOS device anywhere, and you know, there's internet basically, and stream from it. Now, there are pros and cons of that too. Just like with Netflix, you can do the same. Um, you know, bandwidth, resolution, things like that. But uh, that's whatever. Uh, last one I put here, which this is not a comprehensive pros list. This is just what I could think of. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's plenty more. The last one, maybe one of my favorites is syncing movies for when you travel. So, like, I might, you know, let's say the digital copy direction. I may do all my digital copies through Vudu, for example, V-U-D-U that service. Tim, you may use Disney because you love Disney or something like that. Disney anywhere. Um, you know, they most Blu-rays give you the option to register your digital copy with iTunes, with whomever, but they kind of right. hold this, they kind of hold the rights. They're like a gatekeeper to your digital copy and moving that from one player to another. It's like Kubernetes in the cloud. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not like you could just move from one cloud to another really easily. It's not agnostic. They kind of lock you in. That's why I'm with the digital copies. They, they have their own trade-offs as well. But it's a good idea, but it for them, it's really about control. Mm-hmm. It's not about giving you choice. And so in this case, you get this rip. You sync your movies to your device. You can sync at different resolutions. And when you leave, boom, you take your media with you. So you can sync up some kids' movies for the plane, some of your favorite flicks, even some of your favorite music, and travel on. So that's that's the basic list. We'll stop there and take some questions. <laughs> so I missed uh, on, the, on the sync side. When you, are you referring to sync your playback position? Or are you referring to like actually moving the movies onto a, a device to take with you? Moving the movies onto a device to take with you. And they have all yeah. the typical apps. The same a- exact UI, the same exact experience, except you're limited to what you've sunk. Like you, you may see your other. Um, if you do like offline where you can see your list, but you, you can't, can't go play it. Right. So there's if like you're a, literally not on the internet, but so if you're like if a Plex you have, Android app and a Plex iOS app that you just install and then sync. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's pretty cool. And syncing is so easy. When you sync, it says, which version do you want? Original? Or do you want a transcode to say, you know, high, medium, low format? And it gives you options to say, well, 
geez, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get out of here fast, or I don't have a lot of space on my device, or for whatever reasons, you can, you can take the original copy, it'll transcode that for you, it'll sync it to your device, and then you move on. Uh, or you can pull down a, a lesser version for, for bandwidth or storage reasons. The point is you can take it with you. No different than as if you had sync from Voodoo, because Voodoo allows you to download as well. And usually they force you to download SD versions, which basically is 720p. For, for clarity, 720p. That the mobile sync is a Plex premium feature. It is. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're doing this, go Plex Premium. I mean, like, <laughs> I mean, just it's just a no-brainer. I mean, you're gonna enjoy it. For me, if you if you enjoy this stuff, think about how long you've had Netflix. I mean, years. 10, 12 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month. I don't know what the number is these days. You do the math. Four months later, five months later, you get yourself a Plex Pass and you pay them one time. Yeah, yeah. but with Netflix you get content that you didn't previously have access to whereas plex premium true. provide you that you just have to purchase all your media that's true it depends i mean like that to me um i don't mind doing it like i didn't mind having the plex pass at all like it was a, it's a no-brainer because it's it's one time it's not like it's like well it's one time now and then we'll think about changing our rules and we'll ask you for more money later like it's done yeah, not not you to know. mention that I mean they they offer like a five dollar month of premium yeah. that yeah. you could that you could use to try out these features sure. easily, mm-hmm. um, and decide whether you want to continue. That's true. Yeah. So Tim, what do you do right now with your media setup? Do you have any local media? Do you are you simply a stream guy? What's your what's your view on the world? <laughs> so I yes, so I use. I, I, I have like Netflix um, mm-hmm. and and we have, you know, a, a few different like channels that we that we enjoy, like HBO and CBS all access for Star Trek Discovery and stuff like that. Um, Survivor. That oh, yeah. Yeah. Is that the only place you can watch it? Is CBS? All? Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's a, that's a heck of a scoop that got there. <laughs> um, but I use iTunes now a days for all of my media purchases. Uh, my movie collection is, is slowly moving to iTunes. Um, I, I, you know, back in the day I used to buy a lot of Blu-rays that had the digital coupon so that I could get it on iTunes. And then what I've done also is subscribe to movies anywhere, um, which used to be, I think Disney anywhere, which is something Adam said before, but basically what it means is that you can, you can hook up. Uh, Amazon, you can hook up uh, Google Play, you can hook up Vudu, you can hook up a few different, you know, stores that sell movies. And whichever store you buy it on, it gets backed up. Uh, you have it in one central place, which is what I what I wanted. You know, if one day I decide iTunes is not for me anymore, I, I still have my movies and movies anywhere. And, um, you know... Uh, I feel like that was a pretty secure decision. The only part is that there are some movie studios that don't currently support movies anywhere. And that, that can be a problem Mm. um, uh, depending on, you know, the movie that you want, but yeah. Anyway, I, I have, I have more commentary on what Adam all said, but I'll, I'll, I'll wait for later. (laughs) 
Okay. Share it, man. Wait, what's what's yeah, uh, at least ahead. give us a tease. So, okay, so here's here's my main issue with with this whole thing, and it's something you know I put at the bottom of the doc is like my problem with Plex because I did use it for a little bit was the fact that I have to manage the media, and that's the part that I don't like. I love iTunes because I don't have to keep track where those files are. I don't have to make sure that they're backed up, and I don't have to pay for RAID space or an upgraded Dropbox to, you know, put files in there. You know, with iTunes, I just download the ones that I want, the TV shows or the movies that I want to watch to my device when I need it. And then I remove them when I'm done with it and they're safe in the cloud. I don't, I don't have to worry about it. Um, one of the things that you said earlier was the fact that, you know, with, with the MKV format, you have it in full resolution and then you can pick which version you want. I, I mean, I, it, it's weird for me as a geek to say this, but I don't want to care about that. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to watch a movie and I want the, the software to say, this is the best version that we can give you at the internet speed that you're at. Mm. You know what I mean? It does that. It does that for you. So the, those, that's kind of my, my main thing as to why Plex didn't work for me personally. So I can see why managing the media would be um, considered painful because I don't fully disagree with that. And I think it comes down to what you're comfortable with, with dealing with, right? There's, there's some right. pain level, as you just said, in the scenario you, you mentioned as well. Yeah. And I talked about that because like lock in or moving around or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I love the idea that these things are in the cloud, but you are not getting the full resolution version of it. I don't care what kind of internet you got. They're giving you the compressed version of yeah. it. Yeah. And that's that's the first trade-off. So you've already inherited uh, lower quality. That's, that's not cool for me. If I paid for, <laughs> if I paid 20 bucks or 30 bucks for a Blu-ray, well, I want access to the Blu-ray. That means going to get the media. But they have Painful. 4K and they have 4K on iTunes, right? And you can, yeah. you can pre-download it. So you're, they're not. That's compressed too. Their 4K compressed is compressed. Too. Doesn't it have to be a certain resolution or it's not 4K? All it is is a resolution. It's yeah. not a a band. It's so there's two two flavors here. You got a size. I can give you an image, right? And that image can be 10 megabytes. It can be 20. It can be 30. And it's more or less information, but it's still the same size. So resolution and quality are are not the same thing. I, I don't feel longer. like I don't feel like I can tell the difference for th for that to matter for me personally. Yeah, the well, question becomes how much of a video file are you in terms of like do you notice the little trailing things in high action moments? Do you see like how black the blacks are? I mean, a lot, there are people and Adam. It sounds like you're one who's like them blacks are very yeah. black or. I'm going to notice that's washed out gray. I know that that's originally right. it wasn't like right. that. And then there's some of us who just like, I didn't even know it was gray versus black because I don't pay attention to details. So I can see where maybe that's the distinction between you two is one's more of a video file and one's less. Yeah, well, if you have, um, if you're watching it on a TV, that's 55, 65 inches. And maybe it's a 4k TV. Cause it, these days, you really just can't buy a non-4K TV, especially if you're going new. Um, or you're watching in your home theater or something that's theater-like where you actually have a projector. You will see a difference. You will. 
you'll see a difference in quality. Between and so a 4K Blu-ray versus a 4K Apple version. Well, let's skip 4K because you can't read that anyways. Let's just okay. say 1080p HD Blu-ray, original, uncompressed, right? So you can tell a difference. You'll see banding. You'll see color shifts. you hear sound differences. They, don't, they even compress the audio as well as the video, so you'll hear a difference if you have stereo speakers versus or maybe even a sound bar or something that's upgraded to make your experience better, you will tell a difference and you can where, where Plex, I believe really does well and is less trade-offs is that, um, is that you're getting the original locally. Like you're not even using internet bandwidth. Like it's locally to you. Sure. And provided you have a decent home network, this shouldn't be an issue. Well, that's what I was saying with iTunes, you can actually pre-download. So you don't have to use, you don't have to stream it. Right. You can say download this and hold it locally, and it will do that. Yeah. So. True. Yep. But Tim, you, you, well, maybe you haven't seen them side by side, or it's not something that bugs you, whatever compression they're doing, or whatever downsampling, or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't register to you, Tim, as an issue, or. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not trying to say that like I'm some sort of caveman that doesn't understand the difference between <laughs> qualities, you know. Like it, it's. And not I apologize <laughs> if I implied that. I'm trying to see where the disconnect is. No, it's, I did not call I, you I caveman. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's not like that. I I would say I would say that to me the the differences between these two in terms of quality is just not enough for me to take on the additional hassle of. Managing a server, managing media, managing, you know, the size of all of this stuff, you know, that it, to me, it's just not worth the trade-off. Well, you're terrible. You're, you're a terrible person then. <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes down to what works for you. Yeah. So I've had enough issues with, um, I am more of a. I wouldn't say, let's say not more of a movie buff, but I care enough about the picture and the audio where I, I had a ton of Blu-rays that I was not watching because not all my Blu-rays gave me a digital copy. So as you said, well, there's limitations there too. So like your digital copy version is not a one-to-one -one because I bet you I can get far more of mine ripped and in my system than you will have digital copies of. Now, pretty much mm. when you buy something today, it's sort of like a given because, like, it's just become a thing. But what happens when they change the rules to digital copy? You know, like, they, they change the rules to how that works. I still have my local format. Right. Uncom uncompressed, full resolution. I still have all my rules in place. And Plex will get better. It's gotten better. So this is not so much to say it's better or worse than your, your method. I feel like I have more control over my content on the long term. Yeah. And controlling now we haven't even gotten into features like this. Like eventually we'll all have kids. I have kids, Jerry has kids. Team you'll eventually have kids. Um I can give access to PG and down only ratings to my kid. Right. So they can have their own login. When they log in, I can see their streaming stuff. Um, I, I know that my network can handle multiple streams, things like that of our, our, you know, this coveted content we buy that's like, Hey, you know, Christmas time, whatever, Thanksgiving time, you end up buying a bunch of stuff for your children cause it's on sale or whatever. And like, if it was in a 
disc format, well, then you'd have to put a disc player in their room. And right. most times, kids these days, are, they're on some sort of device. So, well, they're not going to touch a disc because that's like, what is that? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know, there's scenarios where it may not work perfectly for you. And I can see how it's not a one-to-one. It's more of like a maybe, a one maybe for you. Yeah. In in other cases, I just think this provides more flexibility because I have so many Blu-rays that I have just not watched or played or whatever because, like, they're literally, they were, now they're right behind me because I'm ripping them all, but uh, they were in an attic. And I would want to watch them, but I'd be like, well, I mean, I got to get up and go find it and put it in the player and then deal with the whole trailer stuff that we talked about before. And I was like, well, I just won't do that. So I got a lot of movies unwatched that I would totally watch again and again, you know, with friends, family, whatever, that I just don't. You know, stuff that I've gotten from my son, Eli, that we never would put in the Blu-ray player because, one, we don't have one in every room. So you got to pick where it's at, whereas I pretty much have a connected TV in every room because that's just how the world is today. You know, they're all internet ready. They're all on my they're all IoT devices, basically. So I can just, from the TV itself, go into the Plex app, not even having to have an Apple TV. The TVs are smart. They have access to this stuff. And in Eli's case, he didn't care if it's full resolution or not. He just wants the media. And I can give him, you know, or my wife an experience where it's just like, this is just Eli's stuff, you know? I, I feel like you're also touching on... on some overarching topics, which is the fact, like, where are things going in technology? And that's, that's, I think that also plays a factor in this because, you know, when I, when I was growing up, my music collection was very, very important to me. I had a, I had a, you know, a thing full of CDs that I purchased that Mm -hmm. I loved. And as time has gone on, I basically rent my music because I, I subscribe to Apple music and it's, it's that feeling of like not owning something, which is a feeling that I've had to get comfortable with. And that is, that also I think has influenced the way that I've gone about my movie collection that yes, does it make me nervous that I, I don't know if 10, if in 10 years the rules will change and I may not have access to these movies anymore, maybe the way that they, that I do right now, but to a certain extent, I almost, I almost feel like I'm more comfortable with that now just because of how other things have happened, you know, mm-hmm. where, yeah. where I feel like I'm renting my music anyway. Um, I don't know. I You're, feel you on the, on the ownership parts because it's a big deal for me. Like there's like Jared asked earlier, like how, how, what's your collection? Like, why are you buying these things? Right. That, that's yeah. a great question. Cause I certainly don't go and buy every movie I watch. I buy movies that I I know for sure I want to watch at a better quality. So better sound quality, better picture quality, maybe mm. even multiple times. These are things that are a little bit more close to my personality. You know, things that I like, I'm just not, there's movies I'll rent. There's movies I'll even rent in Blu-ray and there's movies I'll for sure buy. Right. Like I'll go out to Redbox and rent something if I think that, um, I know I want to hear it or see it in higher quality. And I know that even if I buy it through, you know, the iTunes store, on my Apple TV or rent it, sorry, that I'm still getting a compressed version of it. It's probably okay. But if I want to for sure get 7.1, you know, <laughs> then I'm going to go and I'm going to do Blu-ray, yeah. which yeah. 
is a big deal. You can for sure, 100%, I will, I will go battle to you on this. You can tell a sound difference. Oh, yeah. Sound, if anything, I believe you can that. tell a difference. I believe yeah, that more than the video difference. Especially and if we all if agree that sound is... Set up. Yeah, sound is way, way important when it comes to a movie. It it can make a movie. Speaking of, in particular, let's get into an actual movie here and see if we all agree on this. Blade Runner 2049. Never seen it. Amazing movie. More importantly, an yeah, amazing Hans Zimmerman score. If you haven't seen it, bro, see now you can go back to the theater. Yeah. But you come to my house and you watch it with me. <laughs> hey, man. Sounds I'll take good. you over that. It's it's amazing at, in a 4K. This is where I would actually probably pull out the media. If you guys came over for the night, I'd pull out the media in this case. Mm. Oh shucks, yeah, <laughs> feel special. But if I don't I'm know what to do this, but third, I'm going up to the attic and I'm getting the media. Yeah. <laughs> but if I'm watching it for the third or fourth time, while I'm just hacking on something and I, I want to watch a good movie behind the scenes. I'll play it through Plex. Not that it's not good. It's still great. But it's, it, you know, even if it's full resolution, I would probably, like in this case with you guys coming over, I would want to make sure 100% that it's the top quality. And I know from the media on a Blu-ray player, on a 4K Blu-ray player, that it's going to be the best quality I can guarantee you guys. And you will have a good experience. And uh, so there's just some cases there. Like sound is tremendous. Sound in that movie in particular, I believe, makes the movie great. Great picture, but even better score. And a score is all <laughs> the difference in a movie. Yeah. What What about you, Jared? What What is your setup like? Yeah, good questions. I mean, I part of this is I'm a completely different person than, than you two, or especially Adam, because I I rarely find a movie that I like. The most of them are trash, and they've wasted <laughs> my they've wasted two hours of my life. There's no way I'm going to watch it again. There's just and even a movie I like or a movie I love, the chances of me watching it a second wow. time are so low, especially if it's so low. No, just kidding. They're so low. I actually <laughs> haven't seen that yet. That That's why I never bought a Blu-ray because I used to collect DVDs when I was young and had dispensable money and nothing to do. I bought yeah. a bunch of stuff and I'm looking at it and so I'm like, oh, I love all those movies. But I never <laughs> watch any of them and I will never watch uh, any of them. And so like a lot of it's a moot point. Except for the kids and like movies that they want to see again and stuff like that, you know, Sound of Music and the Pixar movies and all that. So my right. setup is very basic, and we have an Apple TV in the main living space and a my old laptop in the basement, which has the DVDs that I have ripped over the years via Handbrake in iTunes, mm. and we stream from the Apple TV, you know, from the from the Mac in the basement to the Apple TV those, and then like I'll rent on iTunes or whatever, but mostly we watch almost all Netflix and Amazon prime is pretty much where we live, but I'm such a, yeah. I'm such not a movie watcher that I just don't have these, these problems or I guess these, <laughs> the, the, I don't have these joys cause I just right. don't collect movies. So I, that's why yeah. I, don't, I don't have too much to say on it. I mean, I definitely, I was actually more like that with music, Tim, I was in the same boat with you. Uh, with my movie co or my music collection growing up, I felt closer to music. Yeah. Um, and I had CDs. I had a huge case of like, and I had it in my car and I would like take it around. Yeah, of course. Like yes. all original purchases. Right. Yep. And then it got stolen out of my car when I was like freshman in college. And oh. it was like, it was so painful that I thought <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Like I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to collect 
a bunch of anything and again <laughs> they can get stolen so uh, that stopped me there and I, I just I'm an Apple music just you know I want as long as I can take my collect like my library or whatever with me I'm fine I've disconnected from owning and collecting music but yeah I just don't watch movies more than once so why why do anything yeah I agree with you on the music part of it my my disc collection I did end up ripping um from the original media and I think I think I was so bullish on the idea that I actually uh, got rid of the media. Like, I don't need this anymore. I've ripped right. the disc mm-hmm. and I've got it forever. And I do. I still have it. Yeah, I still have but a man. library that when I got stolen, I went on Napster and just redownloaded every, like, just took, you know, actually it was post Napster. It was probably like LimeWire or Nutella oh, yeah, or like LimeWire. the crazy things after Napster got taken down. And right. I remember LimeWire. And I took forever. To get it back, yeah. just in an MP3 format, um, but it was never the same, you know. And I felt yeah. okay doing that because I had already purchased all these things. But right, you see, I I I tried to rip a lot of discs too, but I was really disappointed with all the metadata stuff too. Oh yeah, it's all uh, past. Of, yeah, because you you don't have it anymore. I bet know? Plex That's, does all the metadata for you. Oh my gosh! Thank yeah. you for saying that because it does. <laughs> yeah. It really does. <laughs> yeah. That's good. The, uh, I used to do the, that too. Yeah. The metadata in Plex is no different than as if you were browsing iTunes movies to rent one. Yeah. Like you got that is really tomatoes nice. in there. You can you can add or choose album art, background. Um, you see all the different things like 30 years after the events of the first film, a new Blade Runner, LAPD Officer K, Unearth a Long Buried Secret. Like it's right there. Yeah. All the cast click-throughs, related movies in your libraries. You can you can rate it. You can see what they've rated it on, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's eighty-seven percent uh, tomatoes, eighty-one percent uh, popcorn. You can see the PG rating, the length of the time. It even stores when something you asked earlier, Jay, was like um, your sync of watch. Yeah. So where you last left off, it will ask you when you go to play it again. Just like a DVD or Blu-ray might, you know, do you want to resume where you left off at this point in time or start from the beginning? So, yeah. you know, you see all that stuff. The experience of watching it, to me, if you're really into this stuff, is well worth it. Mm-hmm. If it's less important to you and you don't have a collection, and that stuff is just not important to you and you don't really – you don't really care about owning these things and you're just, you just move on. It's not for you. You know? Yeah. Well, let me ask uh, you this on for the, me. It's for me. You know, on, I'm like that on the practical side of like somebody who's like, this is for me. What's the buy-in on the hardware? Like what's a typical Great. server look like, etc. Well, if you have a laptop hanging around that you've since moved on from, that's what I have. If you have a Mac mini, or if you want to get one of those little Intel things, I think I mentioned before, I think it's called an Intel. Something really, you can get something that's like a little device for 500 bucks or less and, and have multiple reasons for it. It could be maybe the brain of your household. If you have a wired house, you know, or a networked house, it can be, you know, one part NAS, one part NVR. Like it, the reasons are infinite for investing into a smarter computer and then attaching it, like it doesn't have to just be Plex. You know, it could be Plex sure. plus your, your, your NAS. Server. Yeah. Right. So mine acts as Plex and as a NAS for 
me and other people that use our network to back up photos, to back up other things. So it's like, it's a multi-face computer. Um, I would say, you know, some requirements might be you, you, you should have strong Wi-Fi. I would prefer wired when it's a main screen. So like if it's your living room or your media room, those be wired so you can truly enjoy full resolution. But I got to be honest with you. I, I, I enjoy full resolution on my uh, iPhone 7 Plus device on Wi-Fi. Full res resolution, no buffering, no concerns ever, ever. Like I've never had an issue playing even Interstellar that caused you some issues one time. Um, full resolution uh, on Wi-Fi. So I would just say strong Wi-Fi or at least be able to make it better or fine tune your connection, choosing different channels, whatever, whatever you can do to make your Wi-Fi more strong for you, then I would suggest that and prefer wired when you can do wired back to your network. Um, some sort of dedicated computer. It could be a dedicated, it could be your machine. You just run it for the cases you want to. So this is like, you know, lower buy-in, higher buy-in. You don't have to have an actual dedicated, although my preference would be something dedicated. On the storage side, you know, your mileage may vary, but basically if you're going to go the full resolution route, lots of storage. I would say 10 gig, you know, 10 terabytes or more. Um, I would say preferably in RAID uh, just because of the redundancy and, you know, the loss of a disk. Uh, RAID 5 works just fine. It's fast. Uh, and it gives you at least one disk fail, which is great. Uh, I would not recommend RAID 0. All that is that's pretty cool. You don't need it. It's just it's pointless you know, to do a RAID 0 for this. Um, if you're not going to do RAID, just be able to back it up as often as you think makes sense for you. Like it would just suck to lose all your hard work of storing these things and the drive fail and you lose it. So to Tim's case earlier, that is, uh, you know, that is a cost of doing business with this. Do you have offsite backup like Crash Plan or back, back Blaze or anything that you can run against that? Uh, I'm sure it's like any hard drive. So, yeah, whatever you can do to backup no, media. Do you have that? Like, no. Are you doing anything to protect against no. your uh, house fire or a uh, another another storm like last year's? No, you know, I, I've... Uh, I just haven't found a reason to do so. Um, Peace of mind. They say if it doesn't yeah. exist in three places, it doesn't <laughs> exist, right? Yeah. I haven't um, had the issue, though. So, you know, I'm not seeing it wouldn't, but I just haven't tackled it yet. <clears throat> if I need to, I'm sure, you know, just enable backblades on the drive and walk away and and uh, and wait for it to eventually sync up. Yeah. Um, uh if you, I, I'm not sure about a NAS. If you actually need a NAS, I think that's I prefer. The, go ahead. I was gonna say that's the. I think the difference, if I remember, between those two backup services or backup things is CrashPlan can will treat a NAS as a typical device, whereas Backblaze it has to be like mounted as a disk on a machine in order for it to count as like part of that computer or something. I don't know if you're still talking about backups no. or you boot on, but there's some difference between the two, and and that's integral if if you're using a NAS versus just a mounted drive. I, right. I have a I have a NAS with Backblaze on it. Uh, they have a special, they have a different oh. thing for NAS oh, specifically. Okay. Um, and the price is so affordable. I mean, I, I think 
I think I have a few terabytes worth of data and I, I only pay $2, um, oh, wow. like once a month. So I would love it if it was like scale, you know, like uh, it, back up to Backblaze or whatever, as much as I have and charge me accordingly as it grows. Don't give me, I don't yeah. buy 10, get 10 terabytes. If only need to use two and a half. That, that's, that's what Backblaze does with their NAS backup. You, you're only paying for, for the amount of data that you're actually backing up. And I'm sure you could probably just have that installed as an app, even on like, a, you know, Mac OS and point it at a drive and say, this is the drive I want you to watch or these drives. And those things sync to say different sources or endpoints inside of Backblaze. Well, right? I mean, it, Backblaze is basically, I think, $5 a month per machine. And so if it's like mounted as a, a drive on that machine and it's not like an actual like network storage, yeah. then it just is like that computer backs up and it's just Sweet. another. Mm -hmm. so do no, it then. But if there's, there are some gotchas there, I'm not sure exactly what they are, but yeah. So you'll need you a Blu-ray player, right? And a reader. Uh, well, you'll need a Blu-ray burner. I mean, okay. theoretically you would have a player, but the burner you would attach to your, your Mac. So let me go through one other thing and then I'll go on to the, the burner here in a second. So, uh, I've heard that a NAS actually may not be preferred for Plex, but I've seen people use it. Um, where is, uh, you know, th maybe that's not worth going into. Your mileage may vary on that one. I would say if you could swing it when you do buy your hard drives, buy NAS rated hard drives, like they're just discs that can spin next to other discs, basically. Like all hard drives are not created equal. Sure, you can put them all in a RAID system. But the vibrations, the micro vibrations, you know, can cause disk issues and things like that. So NAS rated hard drives tend to have, you know, the just the the ability to be right next to another spinning disk, deal with the heat requirements, deal with the, you know, micro vibration requirements to be in an enclosure that has, you know, four or eight disks. So I would say, you know, you got to pay attention to your drive types. And this is this is all normal stuff for people who already are planning to have some sort of like large scale storage. Like my storage isn't just Plex storage. It's Plex storage plus, you know, and other stuff. Mm. So uh, in my case, you know, my solution is a solve many problem solution, not just a Plex problem. So uh, I would just say be prepared to have massive amounts of storage. So to give you a, a scale of massive, this may be a swinging pendulum for you, but in my case, um, in my case, I think it's like 36 terabytes of of RAID 5 in, in a RAID 5 configuration. So I actually have 36 terabytes available. So that means it's 12, 12 terabytes per drive in a RAID 5. <laughs> and that gives me 32 or 34 terabytes, one of the two. But either way, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I have plenty of room. Um, if you're on a Mac and you're doing these rips on a Mac, then you need an external Blu-ray burner slash reader. And you can get one of those for like a hundred bucks. There, um, I can recommend one to you. It's a Pioneer BDR-XD05B. You can find that on uh, B&H for $99. And so it's really easy. I love it because it's... Um, it's we'll bus put that powered. in the show notes, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes. It's bus powered. So you just plug it into your USB and it, it boots up. It doesn't need to, need to have an external power source. So, you know, really easy. 
make MKV free, uh, VLC uh, free but not needed. It comes in handy to preview your files. So if you're ripping the extras too, like you don't know what they are. You're just ripping MKV files from the you know from the disk and in a lot of cases you're assuming what what you're ripping because of the size like if it's 20 or 30 gigs it's probably the movie and then even then you can go in and toggle off like okay i I care about these different languages i care about these different translations i care about these different audio tracks i for sure want 7.1 so inside of make mkv when you're about to rip it you have choice of what to actually pull off and store. So you can somewhat fine tune that, but I mean, in the scale of gigs, it's not a dramatic change. So in most cases, I just pull off all of it. Um, if I'm really being, you know, whatever, like I only pull off English because I only speak English, I only read English. So in my case, I'm not planning on sharing with anybody. There you go. Um, with Plex, if you plan to enable remote access, as Jared asked about earlier, if, you, if you're going to do that, you should be comfortable with fiddling with your firewall and being able to do a port forward on your firewall. And your Plex server should ideally be on a dedicated local IP address. So in the case of mine, it's it's 192.168.99.10. Don't tell people they're going to hack you now. That's local. <laughs> It's, it's local. No way. That's good my luck. Plex IP server. Good, good luck. Um, <laughs> Apple TV on the televisions, in my opinion, is the best experience. Very fast, easy to use app, totally free. You know, you're only paying for the Plex Pass, not the app. So even at the $5 plan or the free plan, you still have full access, but you just have less features. So it's essentially like, you know, in-app purchases is what you'll see. But, you know, you can get away with a lot for the free stuff. Like, you don't have to have a paid experience. I just prefer it because you get all the extra metadata. And for, like, a hundred and some dollars, like $110 for a lifetime pass, it was just a no-brainer. All the Plex apps on iOS are amazing. I mean, I've never, ever, ever had an issue. And I, I'm, I'm one of those kind of people that actually likes to listen, not just watch. So sometimes I will be just, you know, taking a break or uh, going to bed instead of listening to a podcast or an audible book, I will queue up a movie I like. I will close my phone. The movie will stop. And then if you hit your home button again or another button to get access to the screen again, you can push play. Your screen dims and goes away, and you just hear it in your headphones. You can listen to a movie and uh, go to sleep. So those are some getting started's. Uh, All right, so, do all those uh, trade-offs. We've covered most of them. Can you give us your affiliate fee so you get the uh, the sale? <laughs> I don't even know if they have one. I don't, I don't know if they do. They may. This I mean, episode brought to you by Plex <laughs> and Backplace. <laughs> and back, <yeah>. right. <laughs> um, uh, should, I don't know. We should disclaimer: I, this is not a paid advertisement. No, this is definitely not. But I will say, I do want to talk to one of the co-founders slash product leaders of Plex on Founders Talk. So I do have a plan to do that. Mm. I'm really interested in learning more about the direction of Plex because I feel like this is something so cool that with a few tweaks and turns, with the support of, like iTunes has the support of, like digital copies, they're getting there. Like they have podcast support, they have music support, they have web show support. They're doing all sorts of cool stuff outside of just, like we've talked about, 
the most obscure place that Plex really applies. And there's so much more to it. Everything from, uh, you know, let's let's go to the, the homepage real quick and, and read off some stuff they do. Or even in the uh, in the Plex app. So playlists, movies, music, TV shows, plugins, podcasts, web shows, which podcasts. is like, you know, podcasts mm-hmm. are in there. Are we in I there? I can queue up right. Yes. Do they have a directory or is it they just uh, pull it's, it's in? It's a directory. You can search. I can play. For change log is provided by Fastly to actually play the sound to play the song back. Hmm. It's almost like a runtime for the instruction set. <laughs> that's for us. That's for us. And Jared. And Jared. Runtime. Yeah. Set yeah. of actual. Yeah, I just went into the the latest master uh, the latest master episode and just push play and that was what was playing there. So yeah. Well, okay. So th- this is, I guess, how I'd summarize this whole conversation. I feel like we've covered three different people's perspectives here. Sure. Your perspective, which is someone who is completely okay and comfortable worrying about the storage, worrying about management of media and is okay with that because they want the full resolution movies. They want the full um, resolution audio as well. Uh, to be able to do like 7.1 and and I, I believe you can do 5.1 on iTunes if I'm not mistaken though. Um, but so that's one person. So if you identify with that, then maybe Plex is for you and you have Pro- a vast movie collection. Is. Yeah. Um, if you're like me who doesn't want to deal with media, doesn't want to manage media, doesn't want to deal with raid or doesn't know what RAID 0, RAID 1, RAID whatever is, then maybe going the iTunes route is better or a store like it. There are many out there. You can probably find one. And then the last one is probably Jared. (laughs) (laughs) You don't care about movies at all. Most of them are garbage to you. You don't collect any movies uh, anymore, except for the ones that maybe your kids watch. And maybe in that situation, an iTunes or a store like it is probably the solution for you as well. I think that's fair to say. Now, Adam brought up TV shows. We haven't talked about TV much. Um, mm. Same, same. I guess, same situation in terms of my collect. I just don't collect things, I guess, is my problem. But I think this is, like, super cool. I think anybody who does... I would say one thing you said there is like Adam's okay with worrying about it. I think even more than that is like he enjoys this. Like this is right. This is part of like the experience is like the management and the tweaking and the like all this stuff gets him excited. And so it's like tinkering with my car or something. Exactly. Twisting bolts. That's why I said you're an enthusiast. So yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Here's the one thing I think might get you, Jared, though, because you live in the country. And uh, maybe it's less now, but I know when you first moved there, you had less access, I think, originally yeah. through internet and stuff. Yep. But Plex has a DVR option for free over-the-air stuff. So if you can put an antenna on your roof and get ABC, NBC, or all these free-to-air type stuff, Plex will be a DVR for you. And I know several people who You might have cord. just got me right there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> why didn't you tell me that at the beginning of the show? Well, that's why I said it's so multifaceted. See, that's where I came in. My entry point was, you know, this old school way. And it's so cool, man. Like you can, my brother-in-law 
uh, does not pay for cable anymore. He put a saddle on his roof and is comfortable with running wires and stuff like that. And, and, and I'm an sure antenna, you would be too. Right. An antenna, yeah. Um, and does free to air stuff. It comes through. Some some people actually broadcast in in 4K. Some are most of them are just 1080p. Now, does he and have to have a separate tuner card to do that? No. No. So he takes an antenna and plugs it directly into a computer. There's got to be a device in between there somehow. I don't know. At this point, I don't know. Okay. We, can, we can research that one. What I do know is it's the first feature they mentioned on their site. So left to right at Plex.tv is live TV and DVR. Yeah. And then online content. And then finally, the main subject of our show here, your media. So like your media is further down their feature list than we've shown here today. Like that's not the thing that they do. It's your favorite web shows. So online content, your favorite podcast, your favorite video news, and then recorded shows like TV, like live TV, and then personal media. So they, I think they've transcended the your media stuff, although that's the thing they're most known for, and certainly still fits their wheelhouse. However, I believe the live TV and DVR stuff is becoming more and more. Um, well, that's compelling. A thing. It does say right there, with a Plex Pass and a little extra hardware. You see that part right there? A little extra hardware. Say goodbye yeah, yeah. to cable and enjoy free over-the-air live TV. So there's definitely some sort of a tuner card or something. Oh, yeah. Listen, there is tuner yeah. cards. Yep, right there. Too and, easy, though. And that's what I was going to say, too, that, again, that that's a Plex Pass feature. Right. But $100 one-time purchase isn't terrible for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like a... It's a no-brainer. So uh, Mark Reader actually is in, in Slack right now saying, I love the Plex DVR functionality. HD Home Run is a great tuner that works with it. So he's mentioning something that he's actually probably used. So, yeah, I mean, th this is where, you know, as you become a cord cutter, and I wouldn't even say you're a cord cutter because that's sort of like, I think it's a good. We never had a cord. Well, I just think that like you, now you have many yeah. cords. Now you actually have tubes too. You're cutting tubes. You're, <laughs> you're cutting cords. <laughs> Don't be cutting my tubes now. Well, so, for example, what I mean by that is like um, Disney will eventually have their own uh, Netflix-like competitor, so they may move their content from them to their own thing. And so you may not cut the cord, but you may have to choose. Well, do I want to subscribe to Showtime and HBO, or sure. is HBO enough, or neither? You know, or do I want to actually have local TV, right. uh, like local cable for, you know, AMC, ABC, all these other channels, True TV, <laughs> or do I want to just get an antenna and, and see what I can get locally yeah. through that way? And maybe I don't even need the cable TV anymore. You know, it really just depends. So in my circumstance, I mean, I haven't had cable TV since I was in, uh, well, not since college, but let's just say 12 years. And so that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is just network television over the air, which I have. But the commercials are such trash that Ugh, I can't even yes. watch. I can't even watch it with my <laughs> kids around because if I'm not a hawk during the commercials, it's going to show them like just the most insane things. And so we, we don't even watch it, even though we have it, because we don't have yeah. a DVR function. It, it comes into an antenna, goes through a coax cable gets split and it runs directly to our TVs. And so they tune it. And I've looked for this. I haven't, I didn't see Plex, but I looked at it and all the software that does this is trash. And all of the hardware devices that I had previously tried to see Amazon reviews, like the actual tuners, were all just like, 
you could just tell it's just junk. So I've given up <laughs> on it. And so now I'm like, Plex, I'm going to check this out. Mm. So that's exciting. Well, it's got, it seems to have a lot of different usages. Um, I'm not that excited about podcasts. Now, I will say I was actually trying to listen to some for a study that was online music files. They would let me download and it was totally fine to do this. But then I downloaded it and put it in Dropbox, but Dropbox didn't save where I was last listening to. And then it was Dropbox. So if I had to have Dropbox open to play it, so if I navigated away, it would stop playing. And I was like, hmm, let me throw it in a Plex real quick. I did that. And guess what? I'm tracking where I'm listening from. I have it on every device. And so even just the music where it's not a replacement for Spotify, it may be a replacement for, let's say, educational stuff I'm listening to or you know, my personal music collection. If I'm moving to that as one UI and iTunes, we have to agree that iTunes is lagged, especially as an app on the Mac. It sucks. It's been not great for years. It's slow. It's kludgy. Um, and, you know, in this case, I would have had to like put it in iTunes and then sync my library and all this weird stuff. Whereas with Plex, I just created a new music thing and put the di- you know put the data in there the files in there just like I would anything else and right. I walked away and on my TV on my iPhone on my iPad that yes I still have one it's from like 10 years ago <laughs> on my you know Apple yeah. TV I have access to this music now and then even so outside of, outside of my home network so that I, may I not think- be the biggest feature it's just about really of like control I think it's like managing control you have that with Plex and it's it's sort of yeah. grown past the you know movies only scenario to me I, I I do feel like you are selling me with this feature as well but but <laughs> you see to me again I I think I come back to the same thing I wish Plex offered a way for me not to have to worry about my own media. If if I could rip these files and then upload them somewhere and then never have to worry about them again, I think that that would make this whole offering a lot more appealing to me personally. How about this? I got it for you. Are you ready? You're like a certified Plex salesman here. How about this? Plex Cloud. Right. Yeah. Is that I real? Would it's not, no, it's not real. Oh, okay. I'm just assuming that's what's next for them, though. I, I, I mean, would love that. It would make sense. And that, I, I think that's probably coming next because I've, I'm serious. I've been thoroughly impressed by their their change. I've seen Plex in the past, and yeah. I turned my nose away because I was always a snob, like, oh, that's terrible. That's bad. You why? Like, and now it's, it's amazing. They've done so much to progress the product that I've just been really impressed with just what I wanted it for that it's pulled me into things I never considered. Like the web shows is actually pretty cool. Uh, like if you really enjoy the Plex experience on, you know, your different devices, well, then you just navigate to web shows and you can literally be playing TechCrunch or, um, or um, you know, Engadget or all these other things that are out there for you. You know, you can, you can specify it as my show, twit.tv, changelaw.tv, you know, all these fun things. What's, um, what's changelog.tv? What are you talking about? What, what <laughs> <laughs> you know, a dreamer may dream. That's all. A dreamer may dream. Um, Bloomberg technology. Like, Is that kind of like exactly, changelog conf 2019? That's something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. So these web shows, it Vapory. could be in there. 
And I believe the the way they get in there is just it's probably just by the same as iTunes or or, or YouTube. I'm sure that's why they get in there. It's just like that. Speaking of YouTube, so. isn't that pretty much what we're all watching anyways? It's just YouTube. Pretty much. I mean, yeah, it's it's designed <laughs> for YouTube and then it goes everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. You can't you, you, you can't escape YouTube a, at this point. No. No. It's everywhere. It's like a it's like a a a good black hole. It, it's pulling you in. You can't avoid it. And you the can't problem with YouTube it. is guilty guilty pleasures, or you know, when you watch something that you're like, yeah, this is trash, but I'm gonna watch it because I got seven minutes and I'm trashy. And then it's like you liked that. I'm gonna give you seven more things that you can't avoid. You can't help but click on and watch next. And it's yeah. just like it's like a self fulfilling prophecy, you know. And if you go into the deepers of that, like the algorithms, they've been talking a lot about. Uh, you know, everybody needs engagements. We can agree with that, right? And so the algorithms is what keeps you engaged. And they will actually show you controversial oh, content yeah. to keep you watching. And by controversial, it's like, you know, controversial <sighs> to you. You know, it may just right, fill right, right. your fire, stoke your fire even further and create or inherit a bias. Which, you know, we all can read about uh, AI training biases and, and so-and-so abandoning it. I think Amazon abandons them sort of like, AI bias thing with yeah. something or other. Recently, I saw a headline. They did. That's going to be a thing. You know, it's going to be a thing. And I think with that, we just have to be smart consumers of media. You I cannot think, escape that. And it's it just comes down to like you being a smart consumer. I think if I died, I'd be very nervous for people to see my YouTube search history. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that a, there was an old was SNL? There was an old sketch where uh, they would like it was like sweepers. And when you die yeah, unexpectedly, yes. they come into your house and like sweep it of all the things that are embarrassing. And so yep. like they Ooh. could clear your search history and stuff like that. Yeah. So you should I need cool. that. You should look into that, Tim. <laughs> so let's, let's do a consensus here. Who who is uh Jerry, you go first. Are you sold? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh, no, huh? I'm going to check it out for the <laughs> DVRing because if I can watch some network TV without and skip through the commercials, then that's probably worth checking out. Um, so that use case is compelling to me. I'll definitely look at, at it. I'm looking at some of these devices. I hate the fact that I got to buy a piece of hardware that's probably going to break or be terrible, but, um, we'll check it out. Not sold. I'm sold on it for you. Like, I, I think it's amazing for your use cases. I'm, I'm happy for you. Um, I'm, I would never use it that way because that's just not the kind of person I am, but it sounds like a cool piece of software. Yeah. Sam, what about you? I, I, dang it, man. No. I, I feel like my answer is no, too. I'm not sold on it because of what, what I just said. I think, um, you know, you said Plex Cloud right now, and, and that, that sounds really appealing to me. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe we should build a cloud for Plex and, and sell it as a service, become millionaires. <laughs> You know, uh, that's, that's probably true. I mean, uh, you already got all those hard drives it, over there, Adam. We could just, we can just lease out your space. You just keep absolutely. on buying hard drives. We lease yeah. it out. Yeah. Let me send my movies to you. Oh, look at this. What? Plus cloud was a thing, but it's shutting down. Oh no. So they tried it and it didn't work. Well, uh, so well, there you go. Where, where are you seeing that at? Uh, paste it into the chat. It's, yeah, it's in backstage. Uh, it's an FAQ on their website. Oh, word. There's a new uh, chat channel made ad hoc as uh, Dan realized that we don't have a, 
a backstage channel. There you are, Adam. You now have joined. Now I'm here. Yes, I didn't know this was a thing either. This just became a thing while we were talking. Tim made it because on nice. our website it says join backstage channel on our Slack, which didn't <laughs> exist, which now exists. Yay. Uh, yep. See? So, it's no longer available as of like uh, a few weeks from now, uh, November oh, wow. 30th, 2018. So we made the difficult decision to shut down the Plex Cloud service. As you may know, we haven't allowed any new Plex Cloud servers. Since February, also this has been a long time coming. Uh, let's see, why, why, why? After a lot of investigation and thought, we haven't found a solution capable of delivering a truly first-class Plex experience, Plex experience to Plex Cloud users at a reasonable cost. All right, we shouldn't mm. try it. We shouldn't try mm. it. It's going to cost too much. Well, that's why I feel well. like, you know, I don't, so here's the reasons why I felt like it worked for me because I already wanted to have a large, I need large scale storage, one for all of our content. So this is like a one, it was already sitting there for the most part, like to, to back up all of the, you know, podcast stuff and video stuff right. we do. Like there is a, that's part of it too. So this 32 terabytes is not just for Plex. It's like for this, for photos we take, for conferences and stuff like that, for, Heather to use as part of things she does as well. So like it's sitting there, you know, doing several jobs and the NAS is already sitting there. So why not just drop Plex on there and, and enjoy my movies too. Like it's already sitting there and yeah. the, the, the machine can have another Thunderbolt drive attached to it in a whole separate bus eventually. So it can expand beyond the 32 terabytes if I want to. So I'm like, hey, I'll, I I know I will always want or need large-scale storage here at home. And to me, it just makes sense. And my house is newer, and it's fully wired. Um, we didn't talk about networking at all, but, um, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really a lot of fun to do that kind of stuff, too, to make sure that you just got a cool network at home. It's probably more geek than is even required, but whatever. You know, like... It's just something I, like Jared said, I enjoy it. So for me, it's kind of like my tinkering whenever I'm, you know, bored or whatever, or, you know, just wanting to tinker on something like it's my area to tinker, but it has some really good benefits that like every most important devices in our home are wired devices and the things that need to be Wi-Fi are Wi-Fi. So like, for example, in the media room, in, in your meeting rooms, I'm sure it's probably not this way. Like our Apple TV is wired. Most Apple TVs are Wi-Fi, not wired. But because we have ubiquitous wiring everywhere in the house, it's a no-brainer. That way I get full resolution when I'm watching iTunes, full resolution when I'm watching Plex, or anything else. So definitely not for everyone. Mine's but wired as well, just to, it is. to match your geek. Yes. What? <laughs> My laptop here that I'm using right now is not wired. I do have a wire run into that wall over there that has a Airport Express on it. But yeah, the Apple TV's wired. I got wires. I got wires, man. You got you got wires. <laughs> I got Cat Six up in here. You know, representing. Wow, Cat Six uh, even nice. Why not? They said you want five or six. I'm like six. Six. Five E. What's that? Yeah, exactly. What's, what's, Why? What's five E? Got seven. I'll take seven. I'll take, yeah, I'll take eight. I'm getting eight next time. I'm going to get Wi-Fi six coming next. You guys see they renamed that? We should hang up. We should call this a show because I'm going to start this rambling about Wi-Fi next. We can talk well, about Wi-Fi later. Well, okay, let's let's uh, let's close with this then and, we'll, and then we'll go into sort of, sort of, sort of some sort of after show kind of thing. 
Um, if you've listened to this far, thank you. Jeez, it's been a long. What's wrong uh, with you? Why are you still listening to here? This? But, you know, if you're interested in us talking about more geekery things like this, that's sort of like, you know, who we are and why we do what we do. And maybe some of our interesting uh, purview developer related stuff like Plex or networking, home networking, home Wi-Fi, which Jared and I both have uh, differing opinions on, um, which we want to get into another show. If you like this kind of stuff, subscribe to Backstage. Is Backstage subscribable or is it in Master Feed only, Jared? You can only get it in the Master Feed. Let me say not Ugh. just home nerd stuff, but also the direction of the changelog and things that we're trying, experiments. Yes. So very much behind the scenes, both about the the podcast network, the news network, as well as us and our our home networks. Oh, you see, see what I did there? Ooh, Yes, nice. only available in the master feed. Why is that? And how, what does that mean? What the heck? What's a master feed? Changelog.com slash master. Not only will you get all of our shows, but you also get the shows that don't have another feed. It's so a special content only shared in the master feed and that can uh stop you from having to subscribe to each show individually so if you subscribe to the changelog and js party you're like well let me check out master well master has both of those plus backstage and the only way you can get backstage to your podcast app is through master changelog.com slash master subscribe today search in your podcast client changelog master you will find it you will subscribe you will enjoy thank you for listening 